Hello and welcome to the Glow Files podcast. This is episode number 110 on dark feminine energy, the witch wound, and coming into balance with our dark feminine. So in this episode, we will uncover what dark feminine energy is and when we need to balance the scales, how to step more into your dark feminine energy to reveal more of your inner confidence, magnetism, and power. So getting right into the topic, we're going to cover what exactly is dark feminine energy. The dark feminine and the light feminine are manifestations of balanced or divine feminine energy. And we can look at these manifestations as two sides of the same coin or like the yin yang symbol where you have the black little swirly and the white little swirly and the little dot of the black and white in each. So when we wish to balance the universal energy, for example, we break it down to masculine and feminine. All energy in the universe can be split into two polarizing parts, and the purpose of this is to help us better understand the energy as a whole. So that's why we're kind of breaking down the feminine energy into light and dark here and looking at each part. So to cover a little bit about light feminine energy, this manifests as soft, nurturing, pure, ethereal, playful. I look at it as like a sparkly energy in my mind. Its seasons are more spring and summer. The main archetypes are like a fairy or the goddess Aphrodite, or you can see like the tarot cards, the empress or the star if you're into tarot. And this is what typically comes to mind when we hear the word feminine. And some women may have been conditioned to believe that they need to be agreeable or nice or basically like a perfect angel to fulfill the role of a feminine woman in society. Um, Yet this is the only, like we feel this way when we feel safe in our feminine light creation-based energy. That's when we feel like perfectly safe in it and we don't feel safe to go outside of that. So outside of that, on the other hand, is our dark feminine energy and its experience as strong, well-respected, mysterious, sensual, and dark. Um, I think of this as like Sophia Loren, for example. Um, That's like the image that came to mind. Its seasons are autumn and winter. The main archetypes are a siren or the goddess Kalima, or in tarot, the tower card or the death card. There are women in, in society to be that are conditioned to be overly assertive from a really young age to where they kind of emotionally bulldoze over others as a defense mechanism. And this is when we, these women, they only feel safe in their dark destruction-based feminine energy. They feel like if they were to step into the light, they'd be taken advantage of or they'd be naive. There is a a reason why we have a balance of these two energies. So if we can imagine like this analogy of a, a matcha latte, we have vanilla or like lavender oat milk as this light feminine, this magical, relaxing, sweet base. And then we have a shot of ceremonial matcha as like the dark feminine. It's assertive, it's confident, it's grounded, gets the job done. Um, So if we were to pour the matcha into the milk, we have this like incredible latte that's a blend of power and sweetness. And that's essentially divine feminine energy because she's the the best of both worlds. She's kind and confident. She's assertive and open-hearted, soft and powerful. So um, we're going to go into like a little bit of discussion just to really connect with this energy. So the first question is going to be for Lynn, and it's going to be, which energy have you primarily felt safer to be in and why? I feel it depends on who I'm with, to be honest. So like if I don't know you very well, um, light energy 
like the light feminine energy is where I most feel comfortable. So like that, you know, sweet, like super nice, polite person. But if I'm really close with you, then it's where like the dark feminine energy is most prominent, um, where it's just a more authentic with the dark feminine energy while with my light feminine energy, I feel like it is a kind of, it's a way to protect myself. Um, not letting people get too close, if that makes sense. Um, mm. So I would say I would feel primarily safer with dark feminine energy because that's where I'm most authentic. And that's where my closest friends are like my circle of friends actually like see me. So I would say that is where I'm most safe, feel most safe. Mm-hmm. I can, I can actually see that for you a lot. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and it's I would, like, I, go ahead. No, I was going to say, it's like, I never even really thought of that before, to be honest. It's just like, I just thought of that now. I think it's just like, there's like two sides of me. And so, yeah. What about mm-hmm. you? Which one do you feel safer in? I would say growing up, my light feminine. Um, I can't really see myself in the dark feminine as much just because I've spent so much time in the light feminine. Um, I have two brothers, so I'm like, I have an older brother and a younger brother. And I feel like I have been really in my like super feminine energy growing up with them because, you know, just being the middle child, I guess I just felt like I needed to be super girly. And, And I really enjoyed being in that light feminine energy. I would say like most people know me as like being in that light feminine energy, but kind of diving more into the topics of dark feminine, I feel like I am stepping a little bit more into that energy as I get older because it's more, it's more assertive in my opinion. And I think um, I've been so far on like one side of the scale, like the light feminine that um, my like soul is like urging me to come out of my shell by bringing me more into like attracting me more into like dark feminine energy, if that makes sense. So I think like, yeah, primarily I felt safer in my light feminine, but now I feel like I'm kind of stepping more into balance, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. No. And I think that's like one of the things too, for me is just with light feminine energy, I feel like I have to work more towards that to embody light feminine energy while I feel like dark feminine just comes naturally to me. Like which or what has each feminine polarity shown you about yourself? I think like for light feminine energy, it's just, I used to think light feminine energy was basically, you know, I don't want to say weak or like, not the weak isn't the right word. It's just a lot softer and softness doesn't equal weakness basically and that's what I used to take it as because I don't know with like light feminine energy I always felt like uh um they're not strong-willed or like I'm or I'm not strong-willed if I embody that and that's not true whatsoever so that's one thing that has shown me but also like with the dark feminine energy I used to also think dark feminine energy meant like you know I don't know what how, another word to say this right now, but bitchy. <laughs> so, um, and so, and that's not it either. It's just, you know, a strong, like you said, assertive character. And so I think it's just me misinterpreting both energies 
before and now like after you know doing the research about the different energies um it just showed me like you know i could have a balance of two the both like being soft doesn't mean i'm weak like i can be soft and assertive i can be playful and structured like it's not one or the other mhm it's like for me i i feel like each feminine polarity has shown me that it's okay to hold the paradox of like like you said like the softness and the strength or the softness and the power because i think i i've have felt like if i were to be dark feminine then that would mean i would have more eyes on me or like i would have more retaliation or more conflict and i think being like the conflict avoidant person that i am i've been i've spent a lot of time in my light feminine because i'm like okay well this is a safer place for me to be because i have less like eyes on me i have less judgment i have less people honestly it's like it's coming from a people pleasing tendency now that i'm like talking about it it's like i have less people wanting to or engage in conflict with me or like battle me in a sense. So I feel like in the life feminine it's like help me be like uh what's it called? wallflower, I guess, more so than being like the dark feminine and like that's how I interpret it. Interpret it is like it's shown me that I have felt safer as like the wallflower, the light feminine, and that's how I'm interpreting the light feminine is like a wallflower, kind of like how you said it's like not really weak but just like more like on the side, you know? Mm-hmm. Like not really showing up like fully. So I think that's kind of what it showed it showed me about myself. Yeah, and I think that's also like I think shy was the word that I was trying to like say that I it wasn't coming to my mind, but it's like mm-hmm. I associate light feminine energy as well with like, you know, shyness. And I am a very shy person at the end of the day with I like with people that I'm just meeting, but it's like, yeah. I don't want to say it was, weak-willed wasn't the word I was going for. It was shy. <laughs> Yeah, no, and that, and that and that's perfectly fine because I think a lot of people do interpret the light feminine as as um, you know, like this like very airy type. So it's sometimes it's interpreted as weak um weak to some people cuz they'll see like this person that can be walked all over, but I think that's how kind of like the purpose of the episode is like to embody more of the dark feminine, pour some of that that dark feminine into the light and light into the dark to come more into balance. So for our next section we're going to cover like what a woman in her dark feminine energy is and what she's not. And um Lynn you can take it away. Yes. So some of the things that a dark feminine feminine energy is is she knows what she wants and she communicates her truth clearly and is unattached to people and overly specific outcomes because she has faith and trust. Chooses to let go of things not serving her highest good. and she also knows her worth and prioritizes herself and her own needs. She serves others from a full cup. She is also selective with her energy. She establishes clear boundaries, knows her values and is grounded in them. Has a strong connection to whatever divine energy she chooses to believe in. Maintains an air of mystery and sensuality by diving into her depths in darkness with courage. She also has a balanced throat chakra. She practices truly listening with presence and speaking with confidence and courage. Some of the things that she does not or is not, uh she doesn't add disclaimers or overshare. Um she doesn't tiptoe around in fear of repercussions. She doesn't really beat around the bush and she isn't overly accommodating at her own expense either. So she's not going to bend over backwards for someone who 
mis like for example mistreats her or um isn't like respecting her boundaries she doesn't shy away from her depth darkness and mystery nor does she people please or abandon her values or herself to cater to the other person she doesn't tolerate disrespect from anyone or have weak energy energetic boundaries and she doesn't hesitate to walk away from things draining her energy either she doesn't need to convince anyone of her worth she knows what she's worth and she knows that it would be a waste of time trying to convince somebody otherwise nor does she ask for permission or seek outside validation um, or need like feel the need to prove anything to anybody and she doesn't chase and she attracts through her magnetism as well so if you find yourself doing more of the latter part of this list we're going to cover how to embody the dark feminine energy to come more into balance first we need to understand why many of us feel safer being in our light feminine energy and dismissing our dark feminine energy entirely this is partly due to a deep throat chakra wound for the feminine where we have continually bit back our words and truth because we didn't feel safe expressing ourselves and we were scared of judgment from others this traces back to the beginning of our species and in a lot of cases keeping quiet staying agreeable and complacent and sacrificing our truth meant staying alive this is in our wiring as a collective and that many refer to as the witch wound as well so one example of this wound is the panic that spread throughout scotland under james the sixth um, when he was ru ruling scotland where over 2500 people in those 2500 people were primarily women were burned at the stake after being accused of practicing witchcraft many of which were deemed difficult women or ones that spoke out or acted out of line with the standards of society and the truth in the church so ali what has been your experience of the witch wound in your life mm, that is like a loaded question i would say probably from from early as early as i can remember like five or six years old i remember holding back things i wanted to say like to my parents my peers just because i was like afraid of retaliation and i think that probably is where I started to begin been, begin to just embody my light feminine and just like stay quiet because I wanted to stay safe and not embarrass myself. I think I had a lot of like embarrassment wounds from from being like really like silly and like crazy. I distinctly like remember a lot of things like I would I when I was younger I would blurt out a lot of things. I didn't really think about what I wanted to say. I would do that and then there were there were kids in my class that would um, kind of make fun of me or embarrass me after I do that. And I think that's like where I, that throat tracker wound began is like when I was really young because I, I would not really trust myself. I would like say things and then I wouldn't really trust what came out of my mouth. So I just like shut up entirely. And I think that's where like a lot of my shyness came from. Um, so I think that's like been my experience up until like being an adult is not really trusting my voice and not really being super confident in my speech um, because I am, because I think I still have, I hold that like throat chakra wound of like embarrassment and shame, like really deep down inside myself. So as I was talking about that, I just, it, I, it all started coming together for me. So that's really interesting. Um, I want to ask you the same question. Yeah. So for me, I don't know if like as a kid, your 
family, like the adults in your family or like the adults that were around you, like made you sing like songs like Itsy Bitsy Spider, for example. Mm-hmm. But in my family, they did. And it was like, I remember clearly it was like, I was like four, three, four, five around that age. And like, they used to like ask me to sing like the songs I learned in like preschool or primary school. And then like afterwards it was like, you know, they would laugh and it was like, I felt like they were making fun of me and I never felt like safe. And so it's like one of those things that's like, you know, you are like, I remember that clearly. And I feel like that's a lot where my shyness comes from too, is because it's like, I don't want to say I'm performing, but I'm basically performing for these adults. And at the end, it's like, they're just like kind of laughing and saying stuff that isn't mean, but as a kid, it seems mean. Like it just, it doesn't build your confidence as a child. And so that's one thing. And like, when I was a kid too, it's just like one of those things, like you never talk back to your parents. Like you don't like say something, like unless you're talked to, you don't really speak that's like one of the things growing up too. So it's like, I feel like a lot of my communication struggles or like my struggle with being able to communicate my feelings and my thoughts properly, it comes from that because as a kid, I was taught to repress all of that, like to repress like what I'm feeling. Like I'm just, I think that's like one of like the major witch wounds that I experienced throughout life. And honestly, it's just like, I don't realize these things until I talk to you on a podcast sometimes. And I'm like, oh, that makes so much sense. Like, that's where this is coming from. Like, it helps me identify, like, where my wounds are coming from and I can trace it back, too. Mm-hmm. It's like a form of free therapy. In a way. <laughs> I love it. I, love it. <laughs> I was just thinking that as you asked me the first question, I was like, dang, like, I haven't thought about this in a while. Right. And yeah. it's like one of those things. It's just like it makes a lot of sense. But it's just like, you know, it's always true. Like, it's so true when they say like a lot of your adult challenges and struggles stem from childhood traumas, because that's like your prime years where you're kind of like coming into your personality, right? So you're, you're forming your identity at this young age. And depending on your environment, it really shapes of who you're going to be as an adult. Mm hmm. I fully believe that. And I feel like it's so important for for us to have like that awareness that you just said is because so that we can like rewrite our identity if we wanted to. Um, and then like trace back, okay, this is the, the circumstance that formed this opinion of myself. I would like, you know, to rewrite that. But um, but yeah, that's such an interesting like observation. Um, we're such sponges when we're kids. A hundred percent. Yeah. Like just soaked up everything. <laughs> yeah. And um, were there any like from that list that we went through, were there any of like the the do's or the don'ts from the dark feminine energy that kind of stuck out to you and why? I think the one, like one of the do's that really stuck out to me was um, the establishing clear boundaries. And then one of the don'ts that stuck out to me is the people pleasing. So I think those are like the two that stuck out the most to me because those are like the two things that I struggle to work on the most. Like I've been better at setting boundaries over the last few years for sure. But people pleasing is something it's like, 
again, like from childhood, just trying to like make sure, you know, I was listening to my parents and making sure like I didn't get in trouble. Um, so people pleasing is something that I'm still continuously working on, but it's definitely, it's definitely a challenge. Yeah, girl, same. <laughs> <laughs> I know this is why I love working with you, doing <laughs> not working with you. Yeah. <laughs> kind of, yeah. <laughs> but it's kind of like, you know, we're so like similar in that sense and I love it. Yeah, I know. And like, um, we, I feel like these kind of come on divine timing, like these episodes. Mm-hmm. 100%. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and for for me, for the, from that list, the one that's like really sticking out to me is the she knows her worth and prioritizes herself and her own needs and serves others from a full cup. And the do not is like the opposite of that, which is she doesn't um, need to convince anyone of her worth. She knows it'd be a waste of time. The reason that's so resonant for me is because I'm thinking a lot about like my past relationships especially like as they were ending, I realized that this was like years ago. Um, by the way, I don't do this anymore, but I realized that as like the relationship was ending, I would try to convince the other person of my worth because I didn't see it myself, which is so sad. But like, I would think that I've, I've thought about this like in recent times because I've been working through this wound a lot. And I'm like, dang, I would, I would say like, I would say silly little things like, like point out the things I did in the relationship and how that person, it wasn't going to find someone that kind of put them first and stuff. And I'm like, you know, what's interesting is I shouldn't have been really prioritizing that person over myself anyway. So I think like, it's just, it's just interesting to see like how the the relationship dynamics that we work through and that we're, we're zoomed so far zoomed out from. And, and we look back and we're like, oh my gosh, I can't believe the things I put up in that, in that relationship put up with. And then the things I, I said as a result of like my beliefs around relationships, I think I believe that I needed to be more so much my light feminine that I was just like serving the other person. But like this dark feminine, light feminine is like really enlightening to me for some reason. <laughs> yeah. No, and like what you said about relationships and like, you know, putting the other person first, like I'm a hundred percent guilty of that myself like or even not even like at the relationship stage it's like you know you're just trying to like start talking to somebody and you're trying to impress them and show them it's like you know I'm this great person I can be like a great girlfriend for you like this is why and trying to like convince them it's like why do I need to convince anybody like I'm going to be a great partner in life like Mm-hmm. it's just one of those things it's I don't know it's like thinking back to it now it's just it feels silly to me but I lived it like and yeah. honestly like <laughs> if I wasn't married right now and like I was still in like the dating game I'd probably still do the same thing without realizing it and it's like yeah I I think like a lot of people out there can relate to that point as well mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and I think especially as women we are essentially like the gatekeepers of DNA. Like we were back in like the paleolithic times, like we were the gatekeepers of DNA and we would choose mates. Um, the ones that we thought that were, you know, worthy. So the, the crazy thing is like, it's flipped completely like done a 180 is where there's some women out there that are like chasing men. And that's so polarizing to the masculine, to true masculine energy, because the masculine energy likes to um, to chase or he is built kind of to chase like you know 
the hunting or thinking back to like how men are kind of wired to hunt and women are, are wired to just attract basically. So it's like, I think a lot of women are, we're, we're realizing this now and like kind of coming back into our own power and just um, being more in our feminine essence, especially in relationships, if we're, if we're wanting to attract a masculine partner. Yeah. I wonder when that like shift happened. Like, it's just interesting to me to see like how like the roles switched in that sense. Yeah. It's like, it's hard to pinpoint, but I know that, I know that women obviously like were taken out of our, we were taken out of our power at some point kind of surrendering in like a bad way to men or like a negative way to men where, okay, if you think about like the 1950s where um, we were just housewives and nothing more, like we stay silent, kind of like you were talking about how like as a kid, you had to stay silent to be like a good little kid basically. And that's kind of how women felt in the household is like, we just stay silent. We let the men talk. I'm thinking of um, the show Outlander where she goes back to the 17th century um, Scotland and she's um, she's kind of considered like a difficult woman like we were talking about because she she speaks her truth and she's not afraid. And a lot of the women in that time were very tight lipped about everything. Like they weren't as embodied and she's in her dark feminine energy. She's very confident. She's assertive and she's, but she still has that soft, gentle side to her. And um, like, to me, like she's an embodied divine feminine, Claire, the main character from Outlander. Um, Have you seen that? No, I haven't seen that. (laughs) Yeah. So that's what I'm like thinking of. It's, it's a really good show. um, Outlander, if you ever, if you ever get around to it, it's, um, it's, it's really spicy in a good way, but, um, and it's also a, a really great series. I haven't finished the series, but anyway, so like that, that's what I feel like, um, you know, there's been so much distortion of feminine energy. And I think, I think we are, are healing it now in this century, in this day and age, we're, we're coming back into healing it, which is really exciting. Yeah, no, for sure. I feel like there is like a shift happening again, and that is really exciting. Yeah. So um, the last part of this, this episode, we want to talk about these five steps to embodying dark feminine energy. Um, so the first step Lynn talked about a little bit, she touched on the throat chakra healing, throat chakra wound. So we're going to talk about throat chakra healing. And to begin this, we will try to begin practicing more of responding rather than reacting. And um, this means we hold like an open tone. We remain receptive and soft and powerful without shutting down or reacting emotionally. We listen and consider yet come from a place of heart and hold stronger inner truth. And this is mainly when you're communicating with another person, but a visualization practice that really helps this to regulate our emotions when we're communicating is to visualize a calm ocean at the throat chakra area. And rather than writing like any tidal waves of emotion that may come up, you can see this calm ocean get calmer and saltier. And like, it's basically cleansing the water, cleansing our emotions while we listen to the other person and before we speak. So you can kind of come from this place of of calmness and um, get your point across in a more direct way. And third tracker healing is that first way. So what are the others to um, other ways that we can step more into dark feminine energy? The second one is gonna be establishing energetic boundaries. So energetic boundaries are even stronger than physical boundaries. 
And one way to set energetic boundaries and relationships, for example, is to write out your top six to seven values, whether it be for friendships or partnerships. You can see them, you can meditate on them, and you'll stick to them no matter what. One thing is like if we don't honor our values, if we do this exercise, if you journal out our our values and we don't honor it, we can tend to fall into resentment from bending our truth to accommodate the other person because we fear maybe at a subconscious level that they they will abandon us. Um, but establishing boundaries 101 is going to be knowing and deciding what is in your best interest and ensuring if it fits in with the other person's best interest and then honoring yourselves and the entity that is the relationship which helps with trust all around. It helps with trust in the relationship. It helps with trusting the other person and yourself. Yes. And then the third one is creating a healthy space. So release being overly attached to others. And this includes ruminating over others and their emotions or actions towards you or immediately reaching for others to soothe your discomfort. So become okay with relying more on yourself and self-soothe rather than outsource that. 24-7. So we are collaborative beings. However, when we constantly give our power away to others in this way, it can make us lose our trust in ourselves slowly or result in codependency. So always relying on that external validation. Um, and so by creating that healthy space, we're able to, you know, kind of embody that dark feminine energy. And then the fourth one is do the shadow work. So be curious with learning more about yourself, the light and the dark side. So get to a place emotionally where you are regulated, where you're not actively seeking to fill unknown voids from the outside in because you've already explored them. When you act from this place of power, magic does happen. So find the energy you seek within, then fill up your own cup. And then the last one is be your own best leader. So make clear conscious, choice, conscious choices and decisions from an empowered place. This stems from everything above to meet yourself at a deeper level and show up for yourself and your desires. This is what dark feminine balances out for in us is trusting our power and our leadership. Mm -hmm. Three questions. So the first one is going to be, for Len, it's going to be, what were your initial interpretations of the dark feminine versus now? I think in the beginning for me, dark feminine was like, I want to say more of a negative connotation. It was more like someone who was aggressive rather than assertive. Um, someone who kind of, you know, had a chip on their shoulder. Um, that's what like the image I had in my head for dark feminine energy but now it's more of somebody it's like a softer version of what I was picturing so someone who is assertive someone who knows themselves and isn't scared to present their authentic self to the world um, and who prioritizes them first because they know that if they don't have the energy um, if they don't prioritize put themselves first, then they won't be able to serve others that are close to them and deserve that energy, right? So it's just knowing what their priorities in life are. What about for you? Mm -hmm. The dark feminine for me was kind of not scary, but just something I just really didn't really resonate with me. 
because I kind of just looked at feminine energy as like one thing, not as separate like polarities, like the light and the dark. So I looked at feminine energy as like just light. And so when I was introduced to dark feminine energy, I was like, "Mm, not really my cup of tea. Um, And I did interpret it as like more like savage energy, more just not warm, not... Yeah, like kind of cold and standoffish. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like cold, aloof, standoffish, like kind of just completely removed. And um, now I don't see it as completely removed. I see it as more like more balanced, um, especially because I am someone who's who feels like safer in her light feminine energy. I would say it's definitely like if I were to embody more of that, I would feel more balanced in myself and more confident because that is something that I want to sub more into is like my confidence. And I feel like the dark feminine in my interpretation now, she's confident. She like knows herself. She's grounded and she's like potent. Like her energy is potent because she's like this force that really can't be reckoned with. But at the same time, like she holds the paradox of, of like the softness and the sweetness and like the strength and the power. Yeah, no, definitely. I, I totally agree with you on your take for sure. And then for you, like, what are your favorite parts of the dark feminine energy and which parts do you feel like you need more of in your life? I think like the confidence for sure. Like that's my favorite part of it is like her standing in her truth and standing in her power and kind of being unwavering in her beliefs and her values without having feeling like she needs to sacrifice to please others. So it's like stepping out of that people pleasing mentality. And I think I need more of that of that like true embodied confidence where I like know who I am and I know my worth and I know like my, I trust myself. I know my power, but yeah. What about you? I think for me, like, like for sure, like the people pleasing aspect. Um, Also I do struggle a lot with speaking my truth and like telling people my honest thoughts or feelings because I'm always like scared that I'm going to offend somebody or I'm going to hurt somebody's feelings. And it's just one of those things where it's like, I try to avoid confrontation. Um, But, you know, being able to voice my opinions confidently, insecurely as well, like that's something that I, I I feel like I need more of and need to embody for sure. And then like the favorite parts of mine for the dark feminine energy is, you know, being selective with my energy, also something that I need to work on. But it's like being able to establish those boundaries and being able to ground myself. I feel like those are like, that's some of my favorite parts of the dark feminine. And like for the last question I want to ask you is, um, which of those five steps that we went through do you struggle with the most? And like, which is the easiest for you? I think I struggle the most with being my own best leader. Uh, I am so indecisive. Like I have a lot of trouble (laughs) making decisions from something as simple as what am I going to eat for supper? Um, But yeah, it's just, you know, I think that's one of the things that is definitely one of like I struggle most with. To be honest, I think I struggle with all of them to some extent Mm -hmm. um but out of the five the ones that the one that does come easiest to me is probably 
creating a healthy space like it's just one of those like there's the aspect of I do tend to over ruminate and I do overthink but I also am able to create that healthy space by you know being able to self-soothe if something is not working out for me I'm the my first cheerleader like I'm that first person that's like no everything's going to be fine like I'm able to talk myself out of like a negative mindset and for you I would have to agree with you on kind of all of them being a challenge, but I do think that my most challenging one is the energetic boundaries because I, especially like in relationships, um, getting more clear on that for myself. And like the easiest one for me is probably the shadow work because I, um, I don't mind like diving into my deaths and I kind of, I mean, I've done a decent amount of shadow work, so it doesn't really um, scare me anymore, really. So I think that's probably like the easiest for me. No, for sure. Like, and I, I can see like with the shadow work that being the easiest for you as well. So thank you guys so much for listening and tuning into this episode. Be sure to follow our podcast on Instagram for more content like this. And we look forward to seeing you in the next one. Thank you, everybody. Bye.